This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, radio family. Happy weekend and welcome. The weekend edition of Community Focus officially gets underway on our intercom stations. Back as usual to talk about good people doing good things in our community. And of course, as we are at the beginning of a new year, it is usually right around this time I got to get in contact with my good friend, Rudy Click, with ANC Accounting Services, because generally, Rudy, once we get the holidays out of the way, one thing is consistent. A lot of folk are some dreading, some not so much, depending upon whatever their situation is, but it is tax season. And so it's always great to have you here at the beginning of the year to give us the necessary tax tips. First of all, good morning. How's your 2020 been so far? Good morning, Renee. Doing fine this 2020. Yeah. You're right. It is now tax season. It yeah. is. And, of course, many more of us are anticipating hopefully a refund. But yeah. even for those of us who may owe some money this year, you certainly being on the program, and as with every year, Rudy, you really give us great information that sort of eases the tensions on what needs to be done. So I really appreciate your continued hard work as an enrolled agent with ANC Accounting Services, and good to have you back, family. All right. You're in our public affairs show. So let's indeed get our program started with the first obvious question. How does one know if they have to file a tax return? Well, whether you're required to file a tax return uh, will depend on several factors, including your gross income, your filing status, your age, whether you're dependent on someone else's return, or many other factors such as that. Like, um, you know, if you have, if you're going to be on another person's return, or mm-hmm. if you owe money or don't owe money, or if you if you made a little money or not. Um, which leads to the the main factor that mm-hmm. gets you uh, that triggers whether you should file or not. Right. Is is whether you owe is your income, how much income you've had. Right. For instance, if you under uh, sixty five and you're a single person. If you earn more than twelve thousand two hundred, you probably need to file a return. Okay. If you married filing joint mm-hmm. under sixty five, both of you, right? You and you're making more than twenty four thousand four hundred, you probably need to file a return. Okay. Um, if you're single, I'm sorry. If you are self employed mm-hmm. and you earn more than four hundred dollars, right? You'll need to file a return. And okay. in, in case you work for a church as a pastor, clergy, four hundred dollars, you need to re- file a return. Uh, if you got tips. You know, four hundred dollars right. or more right. that's not being claimed. You need mm-hmm. to file a return. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, those are the those are the highlights of. Okay, so the ba- the basics, and and really just to emphasize that everybody really has a different situation when yeah. it comes to filing right. our individual uh, tax returns on our income, Rudy. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you have ever been asked <laughs> this question in all of your. Years of service to our community as an enrolled agent, you probably, and I don't know the percentage of this, and feel free if you can get into the particulars um, when talking about numbers, but you probably have quite a number of individuals who for some reason, and I can't 
at this particular moment in that conversation think of or have whatever the reason come to mind. But there are just generally people out there who really feel and some who don't Mm -hmm. actually file their taxes. Yes, you have several people who just. okay. For whatever reason. For whatever reason, they don't file. Wow. Yeah. I've always found that to be quite interesting. Uh Um, I can say from from a personal standpoint, I won't name names, but I have heard of individuals (laughs) that that I know of personally. Uh, They're deceased now, but at the time, yeah, there were a couple of occasions in which that individual just said, eh, I'm not filing this year. Right, right. So I was just like, well, one, thinking to myself, well, isn't that like against the law not to file right because that's just something that for most of us that's just an automatic process you know Mm. we wait on our w-2s we know it's something that we have to do and i think a lot of people of course may be apprehensive well speaking of reasonings let's just say a lot of people may just feel frustrated because they don't receive the money that they feel that they're owed you know, right. in situations yeah. like that. Yeah, a lot of them will feel that way. Yeah, uh, they they feel that you know some don't trust the government. I mean, yeah, they have a lot of, we'll uh, be honest they, about that. Too. A lot of trust issues. Right. Yeah, but and also the uh, <clears throat> the system is the setup is 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 it's a voluntary system. Right. You voluntarily supposed to go file your, file your taxes. taxes. Right. right. And you just have a, a certain group that just voluntarily chooses nah. not to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But getting back one on point with, with our conversation and always good to talk to you this time of year, Rudy. The next obvious question, what income does a person have to pay taxes on? Which was leading into our, the conversation we were having with some people. Right. Some people don't want to file. They, they have income. They don't want to file. They don't right. want to file because they have to report that. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, the IRS uh, includes income uh, as money, property, mm-hmm. uh, any services that you should file. All taxable, all, all taxable money is, is, is considered uh, income unless the IRS specifically ex- exempts it. The list is extensive, so they don't exempt very much. There's a okay. few things that they may exempt. Yeah. A good publication to pick up on what's taxable is not a t- publication 525. Mm-hmm. Uh, has some details in some court cases that, that have been decided on what, what is legally uh, taxable and what is not taxable. Right. There's two types of income uh, that that is tax, that is that goes in this category, earned income and unearned income. Earned income would be like your wages and stuff like that. Most right. of us know what earning income is. It's pretty exactly. self-explanatory. Right. Unincome, though, is, is also taxable in some cases. Mm-hmm. Many cases it may not be, but earning income, income would be stuff like child support, Social Security, okay. those sort of things. Until you, you meet a certain level of income, then those would not be uh, uh, taxable or required to be um, you know, filed as tax. Child support is never taxable. Okay. Never. Yeah, okay. right. And interesting, because I was just looking at an article, Rudy, before we got into our conversation this morning, because that's the one thing that I really appreciate about you coming on, not only giving us the tax tips, but a reminder that every year tax laws basically change. Yeah. There's something that, that's typically added to the year mm-hmm. prior that's really important for us to get that information. But speaking of Social Security, There are a lot of individuals, especially with our, not the baby boomers, because they're already in that particular age bracket, but I'm I'm thinking of the 
uh, Generation Xers, those of the millennials, that's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I, I remember something. Uh, right. But before the millennials, I think there's there's this concern. I don't want to necessarily use the word fear. I'll, I'll try to use a better term. Concern, because there has been talk that perhaps within the next as many as 10 to 15 years, Social Security may not even be around for a lot mm. of millennials or a lot of the program may be greatly reduced as to right. by the time that they get to retirement Social Security age, there may not be much for them to receive. So the basic question is for those who are just becoming particularly eligible for Social Security, what should they know about what's happening to their benefits either now or let's say somewhere down the road in future? Yeah. Now, for those that are near mm-hmm. Social Security retirement age, there's probably not any issues there. Right. Yeah. Right. You probably will be able to get your benefits as much mm-hmm. as much as you have in the past. The millennials, we always we never know what will occur. Right. However, though, it does feel that we feel pretty. Com- I, I can feel pretty confident mm-hmm. that. Congress will uh, will do some things to uh, to ensure that the benefits are there. Will still be there. Right? Yeah, because when I was graduating from high school in '76, I'm gonna <laughs> give my age away. Uh, there was talk then that Social Security may not be there for us, but right. it's still there. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and I can say the same for for my generation. You know, that was their fear that when you know my age group and and we're we're knocking on the door yeah right <laughs> for 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 our group because class of 88 you know do the math a, a lot of us are just turning 50 yeah. or already there and right. so we're only less than 15 to 17 years away right. from that right. retirement age and and the way that these decades just seem to keep flying by roll along yeah right. it's yeah. it's going to be here before we know it Absolutely. So thank you for for addressing that, Rudy. Sure. But but back to uh, one more question before we go to our break of the morning. What filing status should an individual choose depending upon their uh, tax situation? Now, this is this is something that is a lot of uh, conversation around what my my filing status is. Yeah. And it really depends on your situation, Mm -hmm. you know, but the IRS has a good interactive program to, to help you with the filing status. Right. But there are five different statuses. There's oh, wow. single, mm-hmm. married filing joint, mm-hmm. married filing separate. Uh, and then there's head of household, which is one that most people talk a lot about. Right. Uh, and then there's uh, the qualified widow, qualified widow or a widow mm-hmm. with a qualified child. Um, where you fall in that is pretty important because that's how you determine what credits and what deductions uh, and what uh, opportunities are available to you right. depending on the filing status. And it also determines your tax rate. Yeah. And that's a good point, Rudy, because I was thinking, you know, let's just say best case scenario, you may have an individual who initially will either start out as, as married and then over a period of time may become separated from their spouse. Mm-hmm. You'll have a situation like you just mentioned, someone who was married and the husband or wife dies within mm-hmm. the middle of you know, of the year. Exactly. So all sorts of changes. But the nice thing about having an individual like yourself here on the program is that they can come and talk to you one on one to see what best fits that situation when that type of adjustment comes about. What's the best approach or the best thing or solution? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. And and like you say, uh, 
if it should occur where a person should uh, uh, die in the middle of the year, <clears throat> then the code is meaning that, that you you're married, filed, and joint right through that through that through that year. Yeah, you know, for any time. Then the next year you would be a widow. A widow, right, right. right. And then if you have a dependent child, then that's how you would file, be a filing okay. status, right? Good to know. Right. Yeah. Well, Rudy, off to a fine start as always, especially in this new year. I, are you getting accustomed to saying 2020? Uh, I'm not. No. I'm still writing 2019. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, I have yeah. seen that actually. Yeah. On, right. on uh, I think it's a meme now on on social media. They said the first mistake a lot of us are going to make for those of us who do still sign or date things we're still mm-hmm. likely dating it as 2019, 2019. we're putting yep. that one nine at the end right instead of the and you know that's another thing too and we don't have to go into the particulars per se but they also are issuing a warning that you need to be careful with a lot of your documentation as far as sometimes we have the means with which we abbreviate a lot of things right and some people will date things with just the last two numbers right now they're saying you should not do that particularly when you have repetition in a year such as 2020 2020 because that's leaving it open for that individual to possibly scam that person or just fill in a date just any previous date right you know if you have it as two zero and then just kind of leave it open. So yeah, I've heard that. I've, I've heard that, that too. Yeah. Very interesting, and and I may have to do a little research and, and find someone that that has some knowledge on that and and get into more detail on explaining that. But Rudy, as always, you do a fine job on explaining the tax tips yeah. to get us prepared for a new year. And it's good to see you in 2020. So welcome back, yeah. family. Well, thank you for the thank you for the welcome. I'm glad to be here and glad to have you. And likewise for you. Radio family, we are off to a great start here in the new year with the weekend edition of Community Focus, and it certainly will continue right here. So thank you, the weekend edition of Community Focus, and we are indeed coming back right after this break. It's more the weekend edition of Community Focus. Thank you, Radio family, your wonderful company in 2020, and so glad to have you here listening Saturday and Sunday mornings on our intercom stations. And it's really great that in this new year, we have returning members of our community focus family. That is the case with Rudy click ANC accounting services. By the way, Rudy, we want to give your physical location. You're in Kernersville 200 B century Boulevard. Uh, they can certainly contact you. One way is a N C accountingservices.com, and they can also contact you directly at 336-996-7650. Thank you. So we're going to make sure that we share that information between now and the end of our conversation as we do return with part two of the weekend edition of Community Focus. And of course, uh, Rudy, we continue in getting great information from you as Of course, many of us know this is tax season. It is around that time. And so just a great way to be prepared, as we do every year by having you on the program. So as we continue with our conversation, the next question I wanted to ask you is what to do if one has any dependents? Well, uh, that's a good question. Now, a dependent is a person that you are responsible for supporting. Uh, If you claim a dependent, you can become eligible for certain tax breaks, including child tax credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may also qualify for the head of household status. Uh, you may have a dependent if you have a qualifying child younger than 19, under the age of 24, if they're in school full-time. Okay. 
your child uh, must live with you for more than half a year, they qualify, uh, or, or unless it qualifies for an exception. Mm-hmm. Eh? And that's something to, you know with separation and divorce. Right. There's some exceptions there you can. And, and the IRS has a has a has a uh, interactive thing that you and I I should mention here sure. that that because I've referred to IRS came down, but IRS.gov mm-hmm. it's a great page. They have a lot of interactive things you can go through. One of those determining is if this person is a dependent. Right. Okay? Great. And uh, you have a, a another way that you can have a dependent is that if you have a qualified relative. A relative is, is actually what it means. If that mm-hmm. person is, is related to you in some way, specifically, uh, live with you all along for the whole year, you must provide more than half of their uh, support. Mm-hmm. And they may have, they must have very little money and they can't be claimed as a dependent on any other child or okay. any other uh, return. I'm sorry. Um, but do go there to those uh, you know, those tools they have on IRS.gov, right? Because those tools will be able to help you work walk through a few of these issues that that might be gray areas, you know, gotcha. depending on your circumstance. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that's that's making me think too. In those situations, Rudy, where you have uh, family members that may have multiple children, right? In terms of what is the best solution in if you do, particularly if you have ones that do fit. That age range right. that you just mentioned is like, what's the cap on if you do have more than one child to claim as a dependent? Right. And there is caps. Uh, you know, two or more mm-hmm. usually goes two or more. Some some families may have six six children. Exactly. So you know, or bigger you know, families, yeah, so, right. Yeah, the bigger mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they uh, a lot of situations would be where grandparents are raising the children. Right. They may have they 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 can claim a dependent mm-hmm. foster parents also oh, okay. stepchildren. Okay. There's wow. a lot of blended families. You know, yes. you'd have you know two by the father, two by the mm-hmm. some some of the children mm-hmm. may stay with the mother, and the father's still taking them. Right. All these situations is, is a good tool that you can use on IRS.gov to determine Absolutely. those issues. Yeah. Excellent, and thank you for sharing that. Now let's get into the particulars and, and a little breakdown on this, uh, Rudy. How do I know my tax bracket and tax rate? What's the difference? Let's let's start there. Okay, good. So uh, we're a progressive tax system, and the uh, the the bracket basically is you know from it gives you a, a an amount of zero to a certain dollar or mm-hmm. that certain dollar to another dollar. That's the bracket you in. Right. Okay. Okay. The marginal tax rate would be the the, the amount of, of tax, uh, the amount of percentage of tax mm-hmm. charged to that bracket. That's oh. how you can say it. Oh, the okay. Difference it is. Okay. So, for instance, if and, and IRS does have a, a, a interactive, you can go there and it looks at the bracket. That also would be in the information you get from the IRS too. Okay. Right. But just say for instance, uh, if you a single person mm-hmm. making, I think between. Um, uh, Making less than nine thousand seven hundred, mm-hmm. your tax uh, uh, rate is ten percent. Okay. So that zero to nineteen nineteen, so that zero to nine thousand seven hundred mm-hmm. is your tax bracket. Okay. The ten percent is your tax rate. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Now that makes sense. Yeah. When it's explained from you, but it's <laughs> yeah. it's really nice that of course after our conversation, they still can, like you said, go to irs.gov and they could it, and, yeah. and find that information there. Right. Now, what tax form should an individual use? What's what's best, depending on uh, dependent upon that person? Well, you know, when you first talked about some of the changes, mm-hmm. um, the, the the heavy lifting changes were last year, right? So we're still working on that that new tax uh, uh, reform that was done in, in 2018. Right. But one of the changes that's still with us, and the tax bracket is still a, is a change that stayed with us. But yeah, 
one of the changes that is still with us is that you, if you recall, there was a lot of conversation whether you filed a 1040EZ. Right. A exactly, sort of yeah. Well, those are no longer uh, forms that are in existence now. Wow, right. Okay. So now all forms are most, most I would say 90% of everybody we're filing a, is filing form 1040. 1040 has replaced all the other forms. Wow. Right? So just one form just one compared form. to the various mm-hmm. ones that for a lot of us was really confusing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Was. Which one you could qualify to file for. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 1040 is the only one you need now. Wow. It's a smaller form. It's a little, it's a little less than a half sheet of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rather than, and that's some discussion whether it really is simpler. Right. R- rather than having the, the long, uh, that you have, you have am, schedules in. And I am know. so happy you mentioned that because that was going to be my, my next obvious question to you, Rudy, in all the years. And, and share with our listeners again, you've been an enrolled agent for how long? How many years now? Almost seven years. Wow. Yeah, right. And in those seven years, what, what's been the, the major change? I'm thinking with, with you as, as an agent when we talk about the, ta- the changes that come every year mm-hmm. in terms of comparing where I'm sure back in the day when – that's really all we had was filling out those long forms right. when it came to income tax. And then when we do fast forward to 2020, now it's down to one form, one form, which is yeah. which is a lot easier. And I, I'm sure that's been a big difference for you, too, as a tax preparer. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a shorter form. Right. Um, when you have to incorporate, incorporate some of the different scenarios, mm-hmm. the, the, and you have to put in the Schedule 1s or the Schedule 2s and stuff like right. that, it gets just as long. Yeah. That's what the discussion is, is that right. it's still just a long form. Mm-hmm. But the problem, the, the, the good thing about it is that it is a smaller form, and then you can you can see your uh, income and tax right. in, a, in a very short uh, area. You don't have to look through the form and file to the next page. Okay. What you owe is going to be on that. On that, that, one, that form. one form. That one and form that's page. a big help, too, because that makes me think as well, Rudy, when we talk about the advent, and this comes up a lot in various conversations, mm-hmm. when we talk about technology. I mean, just to imagine, speaking of our baby boomers that we were talking about earlier as reference to Social Security, the times in which, you know, we didn't have all this high tech stuff. Yeah. As far as computers and, right. and right. the real old-fashioned way yeah. of preparing taxes compared to now, you know, a lot of it is even when you have various software that people use, that in addition, of course, going to a tax professional like yourself, many are finding it easier to prepare on their mm-hmm. own. Right. I think there are some some information out there, I think in commercials, where they usually suggest that you could do your taxes yourself. Right. But as an aside, though, and, yeah. and I'm sure as, as a professional, one still has to be very careful if they decide to take that approach. Exactly. That's what I was getting ready to say. Is yeah. That, that it, it, when you got some issues that may be a little unfamiliar un, uh, to you, mm-hmm. it saves you a lot of heartache yeah. and a lot of time to to know that a professional can help you with that with that return and solve some problems for you because the IRS is not going to help you really do it. Mm-hmm. They're just going to penalize you for not doing it right. right you know? and, I'm, and I'm thinking worst-case scenario, Rudy, that, that enters my mind is it generally is something as easy as a, what's the word that I'm looking for, that when you're entering uh, numerically, all your information on a keyboard, the slip of a finger. Right, yeah. And that mm-hmm. can result in entering even just uh, a, a digit off 
mm. of something, whether it's a zero or a one to nine, that that can mm. make a huge difference in either penalizing you right. in, in right. certain situations. So, yeah. yeah, and, you know, a lot of times it's like, you can't trust your own finger <laughs> <Right. laughs> on yeah. certain things like that. So it is really great from your, your standpoint because – one, you you obviously have the knowledge, and it's something that you do on a regular basis. Mm. But again, getting back to those that may decide, eh, well, this may be the year to do it on my own. And it's not knocking if that is the route you wish to take. But again, going back to, if need be, asking what is the best way from someone like yourself that you can give some additional tips to help them in that process. Right, because we've already said in this conversation that we've had that uh, just something as simple as determining what your filing status should be right. could be a very complicated issue exactly. depending on your circumstances. Circumstance, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. It is the weekend edition of Community Focus, heard on our intercom stations. Great company, as always. Thank you so much, Radio Family. A wonderful way to start a new year, and that is with enrolled agent Rudy Click once again, he represents ANC Accounting Services. We are here to get you prepared for tax season here in 2020, of course, for tax season uh, 2019. Rudy, the next uh, question to ask, what tax form should an individual use? And again, I guess that goes back to individual status yeah, for every yeah. person. Yeah, probably the 1040. Okay, yeah, would right. be the easier one. Mm. No, and I did ask that question. The question I should be asking you is this one. Should a person or should I, for example, using myself as an example, take the standard deduction or itemize? And so, again, that's another situation depending on the person. Yeah, situation. Now, this is, what's, this is one, of the, one of the questions before you talk about what are the biggest changes. Right. This, has been, this is a major change uh, in the happening last year tax return mm-hmm. is that the standard deduction now has been raised. There's no more exemption. It used to be that you have the kids and you had right. into the exemption. So okay. they took that away. Okay. But they raised the standard deduction. So the standard deduction is higher now, mm. much higher than it was before. Okay. So that sometimes it, it eliminates someone to file an itemized return or Schedule A is what we call it. Right. Uh, because it's hard for them to reach the the uh, levels. Mm-hmm. For instance, the standard give deduction. Give us some examples. Yeah, the standard deduction. Uh, for a single person, is twelve thousand two hundred. Married filing head of household is eighteen thousand three fifty, and married. Uh, I'm sorry, head of household is eighteen thousand three fifty. Married filing joint mm-hmm. is twenty four thousand four hundred. Right. So it's very. Sometimes it may be very hard for you to go to your Schedule A and take those deductions exactly. like you could take before. Right. And you just ended with just taking a standard deduction. Matter of fact, I've seen in my practice mm-hmm. where the Schedule A and the itemization item, itemizing has is almost within half because wow. people don't qualify. Another right. change was too that you used to be able to take unreimbursed income. Right, exactly. You, you can't, that's you can't not something you can do, do any anymore. Longer. Wow. Right. Okay. So, so the, the Schedule A is probably a form that we may not be using nearly as much. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Good to know, and thank you for that information. So, what's the difference, Rudy, with this question between a tax credit and a tax deduction? I know that gets asked a lot uh, yeah. of, of and, you. And, yeah, and it does, and that's what we were talking about. That's why I mm-hmm. lay with that the the uh, standard S- deduction, deduction because, right. because that goes right into the credits. And because uh, now a deduction is 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 uh, both the credit and the deduction reduces your taxes. Mm-hmm. However, deduction means that if it would if you owe taxes, you can de- de- you know deduct or de- reduce the amount of uh, of your 
income. Right. And so let's say if you make thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars and you get a deduction of a thousand dollars, that means now you make twenty nine thousand dollars. Right. It would save you approximately if you're in a twenty percent tax bracket, mm-hmm. approximately two hundred dollars. Okay. Now in contrast, let's say you get a thousand dollar credit. Right. And you owe three thousand dollars and you get a thousand dollar credit, now you only owe two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So the credits usually are more beneficial to you. Okay, right. right. Uh, so if you ever have to decide whether I want to take a deduction or take a credit, credit. Mm-hmm. you want to take the credit. The credit. The credit yeah. is usually better because credit reduces the actual tax you owe. Absolutely. Where deduction re- may re- reduce only the amount of, of your income. Right. Yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's too, and, I, and I'm glad you're mentioning this, Rudy, because that's the one thing. Fortunately, when working or having, if you are in a situation in which you owe, the Internal Revenue Service, they generally will work with you. Mm-hmm. And make, and of course, this is a step that we're going to have to take, is make arrangements where we can repay on a monthly basis if we can't do it all in one lump sum. Right. Yeah. Right. So right. that's good to know. Right. So the, the next question, speaking of tax credit and tax deduction, what are some deductions and credits that an individual can claim? Yeah, so, so this is really the part of the question that uh, we, going back to the, you know, itemizing and what you can do. Right. If you... It, some people feel defeated because they can't, they can't no longer itemize. Right. But there are some credits that you can take whether you itemize or not. Okay. Some such of them, as. like, such as if you have a 401K or an IRA or, or some type of a savings program or some mm-hmm. type of retirement program, so you can deduct that up to the income limits, you know. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and so you still can take that. Right. If you're self-employed, you still can take the, the 50% deduction of self-employment tax. Mm-hmm. You pay it on the back end, but you still can take it up at the front end. Um. Student loan interest, you can take that whether you itemize or not, right? right. It's up to twenty, up to 2500 I think it is. Uh, tuition for higher education, mm-hmm. up to $4,000 wow. okay. is, is a deduction you can take. Now, if you are able to itemize, mm-hmm. it's the same situation. It, it, most people understand what itemization was. Right. You can take the medical deduction up to, uh, uh, I think the medical deduction has to be, is, this year is 7000 I mean, 7.5% of your uh of your uh, income, it has to be more than that. You mm-hmm. can take that as a deduction mm-hmm. as for your medical bills. Right. Um, if you, um, now SALT, we call it SALT, but what it means is state and local tax, property tax that you could take. Some mm-hmm. larger states, North Carolina is not really one of them. One of them, okay. Some of the larger uh, eastern states, they would have a great amount of tax you could take. Right. So that's been capped now to up to 10,000, 10, um, I think it's 10,000 maximal mm-hmm. you can take for that. Mm-hmm. But you still can take that. You also can take the homeowners, your homeowner's interest. Insurance, right. If you right. got a loan before December 15th of 2017, okay. you take up to a million dollars. Wow. After December 15th, 2017, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. take up to $750,000. Okay. So they're still intact. Those Absolutely. Are, right. You know, that just brings to mind, I'm, I'm glad that you gave us those examples, Rudy, because I was just thinking, Getting back to all the different uh, situations with us as taxpayers, I was thinking, too, because we were talking about those life-altering or life-changing situations. You know, when we're married or we become widowed or if we are in a situation, and this is what I wanted to Mm -hmm. um, pass on to you or at least try to get some information from. A situation, let's just say, for example, somebody moves to North Carolina from out of state. Mm-hmm. With within that tax year, is that a similar situation in which 
how how does one go about because obviously the tax laws are going to be a little bit different from state to state right and that was that's a state tax issue right the irs doesn't care where you are you're going to pay oh, okay. tax on right true. However, that's true however the state will like if you move from new york to north carolina carolina right what you what normally you would do you fill out i think it's an it201 in new york mm-hmm. it's a, I think it's a, a D four hundred in North Carolina, the state forms. Right. But you would choose, uh, not choose, but you would state the dates that you moved. Moved. Okay. Right. And then right. you and you prorate the tax. Okay. For instance, if you if you moved in the North Carolina, say like you moved into the school year. Right. So you moved in in August and September in mm-hmm. North Carolina, mm-hmm. then you would pay taxes. And if you worked in North Carolina from August to the December, that's what you would pay taxes on okay. that period. And then in New York, you'd pay until uh, from January to August, and you would prorate the tax. Mm-hmm. That's how it would work. Okay, yeah, excellent. Right. So it's always nice to know when I get to ask questions, Rudy. <laughs> yeah. You will provide us with some great answers. I think I've already answered this next and final question here yeah. on the weekend edition yeah, of Community Focus. What if a person can't afford to pay the tax that he or she owes? And, and that's uh, it definitely needs to be answered twice. Yes. You know. Because it is, it is much better to mm-hmm. file your return. Because you said that you have people that just don't file. Right, exactly. Uh, it is much better to file the return, even if you can't pay. Pay, right. You need to file. Mm-hmm. Because the penalty for non, non-failure to file is higher. It's much higher, yeah. failure to pay. Much greater, right. The IRS has changed some uh, processes where they made it easier for you to go online now. And you can set up an installment plan or a payment plan. Great. Uh, online, interactive, mm-hmm. just you know, with credit card or through your checking account, mm-hmm. set it up. Right. Um, you can also do it as you file the return. If you're aware that you, if you have a preparer or mm-hmm. someone that's doing it for you, right, and you make them aware that you're going to owe and you're not going to be able to pay, mm-hmm. you can file. You can file a form right oh, then yes. to, to set up the installment of payment right. plan. Right. That's much better. Now, one thing you need to be aware of when you do installment plans is that you're still going to be. Uh, 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 the, while you're paying it, you're still going to have to pay the interest on it. Okay, right. right, right. If you should get a refund in the future, mm-hmm. you're not going to get that refund. It's going to go to go pay toward that, debt. that. Right, yeah. exactly. Right. But it's better to do it that way. Wait, that's than, true. Right. That's like you said, then then to mm-hmm. pay the penalty. Yeah. Well, excellent job as always, my friend. Anything that you wanted to bring to the table that I didn't ask question wise, or anything that you wanted to reemphasize here on the program? Oh, nothing like that. I, I think that uh, for for uh, a lot of a uh, uh, people like to bring up the the, the uh, refundable credits. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about credits. Yes, we didn't mention about refundable credits. Yes, and this is this is a different category of a credit, but it's still a credit. Mm-hmm. You know, we said credits can can reduce your tax down to zero. Right. The the they, the wonderful thing about refundable credits is that they can reduce it to zero, but they also can give you a refund. That's why oh, they call okay. refundable credits. Nice. One of the most popular ones for us is the earned income tax credit. Right. Everybody seems to know about that. It's been out since the 80s. Mm-hmm. It's quite abused, I must admit. But it's a good credit for the working poor. The only way to receive this credit is that you have to have a job mm-hmm. and you have to have dependents. Yeah. And then there's some, and you can go to the IRS and they can talk to you about uh, how those dependents and how you can use those dependents. But it is a good credit for, right. for, for the working poor. One of the best credits, matter of fact, Congress has passed. It's an earned income tax credit. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And Mm -hmm. and Rudy, as always, great information. And let me share once again that you're at 200B. That's in Bob, Mm -hmm. Century Boulevard in Kernersville. So, again, uh, Radio Family, if you just need additional tax tips or information and you want to reach out to Rudy, you can visit A as in Apple, N as in New, C as in... 
what's what's a good word? Uh, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you, Rudy. Yeah. NC Accounting Services, and make that all one word, uh, no spacing in between. So A N C Accounting Services dot com. Yes, with an S. Thank right. you for that. Yes, put that S on the end of services. Thank you, yeah. Rudy. A N C Accounting Services dot com, and they can also reach out to you directly, Rudy, at three three six nine nine six seven six five zero. I tell you, my friend, a, a new year, it just seems to get here so quickly. It does. It, it does. It really, really does. And, of course, uh, Radio Family, we, we do appreciate your great company. And, and do, again, if you have any questions, uh, reach out to Rudy. He would love to hear from you and definitely great people to know. Rudy, if I'm not mistaken, and this is just a side note, speaking of the new year, I think we have a leap year this year in the month of February. <laughs> yeah, you are checking your calendar. That's... That's how you do it, my friend. <laughs> I think we do have a leap year in 2020. Interestingly yep, enough. February leap year. 20, okay. Saturday the 29th. The 29th. The okay. Year, right? Now, I doubt very seriously that is going to expedite or expedite. That's the word I should use. Uh, Rudy, in terms of those who will be anticipating that they know they're getting a refund, just having a leap year is not going to possibly get it here any quicker than it would do any other no, year. No. But, you know, I think patience definitely will, will play a key factor right. in that. Right. Just want to say that the uh, the deadline is still April the 15th. Exactly. Returns. That's right. So even right. with a leap yep. year, yes. Right. It's still going to be saying that. Uh, the, uh, I think the W-2s have to be out by the end of January, January, right, and a new a new uh, law the 1099s have to be out by the end of January okay. too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're still moving along in those days. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, this is indeed a one fine way, Radio Family, and getting the word out to you is by means of Rudy Click once again with ANC Accounting Services. So welcome back, family, and it's good to see you back in the new year. All right. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And nothing's going to change, Rudy, as we do bring another weekend edition of Community Focus to a close. From me, even in 2020, Rudy, there are still no goodbyes. Just until next time. (laughs) All right. Thank you. You're welcome. So indeed, Radio Family, until that next time, thank you for your great company. And of course, with the start of a new year, thank you for all the good things that you have started to do. As regards to giving back to our communities, we certainly do appreciate it and look forward to hearing more from you and those good things, as well as great conversation with other members of our Community Focus family. So indeed, that will wrap up this weekend edition of Community Focus. Have a great rest of the day and enjoy the rest of this weekend. And indeed, until that next time, take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.